This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We find ourselves at yet another episode of HFC Chat, the 6-1 of season five. I think it's fair to say, unless I'm mistaken, Davo, we are a lot more downbeat than we were in the last two episodes that we recorded last week with Callum Cook and, of course, the preview episode that we had. It was um, not the start we wanted, was it? No, absolutely not, mate. It's not what we, it's not what anyone expected going into the weekend, um, especially on the back of the Sunderland game, I mean, pre-season's pre-season, but to give everyone that confidence, uh, you know, that burst that we can go down to bar and play some good stuff and hopefully get a result. Even if it was a draw, took it, but it's not even necessarily the defeat because it's like to you boys, it's like I said to me dad, you know, losing, it's a part of football, it happens, it's the way you lose and it's the manner in which you lose games and the performance Saturday was just not good enough and I have full faith that Lasky, you know, he won't settle for that. None of the coaching staff will, so hopefully we see a good reaction to that defeat. How worrying was it that we hear John Askey saying about players chucking their towels in already? Game one, that is not what you want to be hearing. You know, after what has been generally a really good season, you know, going up to Scotland, it's like, you know, everyone's been on board of what's going on. So I am confused as to why all of a sudden after game one, the first time kind of up against it. Why? That's what I would like to ask. Yeah, you make a good point. And just touching on a few things you said before, we all acknowledge that Barnett was a difficult start. Nobody discredits that. We, again, acknowledge that, you know, you lose games in football and and you were not always going to fly out the traps. We're not, but, as you say, it's the manner of the defeat. Three-two massively flatters us. I mean, we're three-nil down to Barnet on the opening day of the season. We get two goals back. You can say brilliant with, you know, showing character and that's really positive to get two goals. But I'll be interested to hear the thoughts of Mark Carroll when he comes on later and kind of gives us his thoughts because obviously he was at the game. But having listened to it on the radio, for me, it just seems Barnet kind of perhaps switched off a bit and and kind of, you know, they were they were three nil up and it was kinda of like, well, we've beaten these here and and you know, they're not putting up much of a fight. And 
credit where credit's due, we've scored two goals. I'm absolutely buzzing. And we will talk about this as a as a talking point in a little while after we've spoken to Mark. But Jake Hasty, I see him on the score sheet personally, and I know from the lads in the group and stuff, we were all <laughs> buzzing for him despite the circumstance of the defeat um, that we obviously seen. And, you know, it's just great to see him get on the score sheet. And hopefully that gives him a confidence boost that is much needed. And again, I'm going to ask Mark about the whole situation with taking the penalty. And he's obviously not the dedicated um, or the designated even um, penalty taker, but we will discuss that whole comment later, but let's, you know, continue just looking back at the Barnet game in a more general, general view. And, And for me, it was just on Sunday, I felt so, so flat. I mean, Yes, we've got to remember it's one game in. But really, like, it was just... From all that positivity, it just seemed like it was sucked out of us, um, seeing us go down in the way that we did. And we've just asked... Uh, we asked, sorry, after the game on, on Saturday for people to give give their thoughts. I know you watched it, Davo, and, and you've already said what you think in terms of the manner of the defeat, etc. But... Let's just have a quick look into some of these comments. So Kenny's put only caught the second half, but overall poor game from Pools. Hopefully a wake-up call. Some debatable goals conceded, second in particular, but entirely preventable. Good spirit to make a game of it in the end. Goal seems to give him hasty confidence. Hope the penalty didn't knock it. So we asked back to that, would you make any changes to the team next week? Um, and this is, of course, going to be a discussion point later on in the episode. But Kenny said he'd swap Pruity out. He's only a young lad and needs to probably add more to his game than a pass out left or a pass to his neighbour in centre half. It becomes predictable and his head drops after a mistake. Manny D in, obviously, and possibly even a start for Jake Hasty. Catherine O'Gloughlin, very soft goals to concede. I don't even think the second one was a goal, but hopefully we'll learn from it and get three points against Gateshead. Darrell, just quickly, your thoughts on the second goal. I mean, it's just welcome back to the National League, isn't it, in terms of officiating? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be a little bit... I'm indecisive because it certainly looks as if the referee's made a mistake. It doesn't look like it's crossed, but when I've paused it, there is a, a, there is a time frame in which... Basically, Dan Dodds is blocking the view of the goalkeeper, and obviously, you can't really firmly see. But watching it, you know, in full play, it, it looks harsh against Pools. And it, me, if that's game one, if that's weekend one of the National League season for me, it's going to be one hell of a season. It certainly is. Tommy White has put abysmal, a decent football inside, would have put five pastors today, serious issues at the back and we're not much better in attack either. Six points out of the next two home games are needed and then the last one will go off here. Um, Dougie said just didn't turn up, needed to move the ball faster, had chances but second best all game, really need another strong centre half and Dodds needs to be a wing back. You've said your thoughts on that Second goal, I mean, let's just quickly touch on each goal. The first one, unless you disagree with me here, it was just a car crash defensively wise. Defensively wise, defensively, it was just so, so poor. I mean, we really, it reminded us of pulls of old, really. Um, then the second one, I'm convinced that didn't cross the line, but look, it's happened, can't affect it. And then the third one was actually well taken but again, probably brought it on ourselves. So 
overall, it's just a pattern, isn't there? There's a pattern through the whole game, really. We didn't show up. And you cannot not turn up in the National League because it doesn't matter whether it's Barnet or Chesterfield who are tipped to win the league or whether it's Dorking. You play what's in front of you and they will take chances against you if you if you give them. Um, we all know how difficult this league is. We all know that the National League over the last few seasons has really increased its quality. And let's be perfectly honest, I don't think BT Sport would back the league as much as they do if they didn't think it was a competitive league to show. So I think it's just extremely deflating. But one thing I will say is, and I have said it already, I believe, but it's the first game in and it's not time to start panicking massively and all these types of things. And it's certainly, certainly not the time, I don't think, to question John Askey. I've seen a few people questioning his ability as a football manager. Well, he was one of the best managers going the week before, even though it was pre-season. You know, everyone was going Askey ball. You know, it was fantastic the way he's got us playing, the way he's got us set up. He's going to be brilliant this season for us as a gaffer. And he can really kind of mould the team the way he wants now he's had time. But Dava, what do you make of that? People already, you know, questioning Askey's ability as a manager. It's ludicrous. It's absolutely criminal. I mean, we all said when he got appointed, you know, whatever we opposed last year, whether we stayed up or whether we went down, we were prepared. We were in good hands. I said, yeah, you know, coming to this National League campaign, we are in a situation this time than we were last time. We've got a good manager. He knows exactly what he wants. He's a no-nonsense, old-school kind of manager. He'll no crap. And you saw how he handled the situation towards the back end of last season with Silla and with the players who refused to play. At the end of the day, I think as well, just adding to the point you made about the Barnet game, the team is not the finished article. If anything, that defeat of Barnet is emphasised. We still need to add the defence. We are weak in certain areas. You can see the midfield against Barnet is not going to win your games. You know, Kieran Wallace was a huge miss. And hopefully those people who have been quite dismissive of Nicky Featherstone can actually look at that game and think, do you know what? What a big miss he's going to be if this is the case. Do you know what I mean? I think we just need to give it time, ask you time to bring in some more players and strengthen in the areas we need to strengthen in. It's like you say, game one, it doesn't define our season. It doesn't mean we're not going to go on and do well. It just means, you know, there's a lot to learn from. Yeah, and it's not the start we wanted and we cannot afford to, as Robbie Stelling has written in his latest piece, which you can go and check out at HFC Chat Media. It, you know... We can't afford to do what we did when we were under Craig Harrison. And it's a warning sign. It's not defining. It's a warning sign. Um, and without further ado, I'd like to welcome on for his first appearance of the season, our very good friend of the podcast, Mr. Mark Carroll. I'll take a look back at Saturday ourselves and also reading some of your comments out. Welcome on first appearance of season five, our good friend, Mr. Mark Carol, Mark, you made the journey down south last Saturday, no doubt with a lot of optimism, like the majority of Post fans, and most likely came back extremely deflated. But where did it all go wrong? Well, first things first, it's nice to hear from you both. Um, I hope you're doing, hope you're doing okay, Adam. Um, and I hope we see you at the matches soon. Um, I, I, well, I mean, Saturday, yeah, I, mean, I went down with some optimism, but... Um, after the after recent seasons, I think you've got to be you've got to temper how 
sort of optimistic you are um, with the with the mess that we've uh, that we've had. Um, but I was obviously expecting better than what we saw. But it was the old our old Achilles heel of defensive uh, issues that came back to haunt us on, on Saturday at Barnet because the goals, unfortunately, were like a were, were a flashback to a season I've tried to forget. Mm. But unfortunately, similar mistakes, similar cheap goals read the head again. Um, and really, when you defend like that, I mean, you, you look at the, you can argue about the second goal, whether it crossed the line or not, too far away from, from me to tell, from where, from our position. But the first goal where we were sat, um, was, was a, was a terrible goal to concede. Um, so there's work in progress. Um, you know, if we have, if we had time, we could, we could talk about the sort of defense we, we put out. If certain players are suited to where they're playing, you know, if, if that's the best areas that they should be used in, but there's no excuses really for the, for the cheap goals that were given away. So it was disappointing, but you know, I, 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 so I expect us to do reasonably this season. I predicted 10th. Um, the only good thing we've had this season is that we can, we can improve the squad as we go if Asky gets the back in. So I'm sure he won't put up with this sort of, uh, you know, these sort, these sort of mistakes on a regular basis. So we have to just, um, you know, let's not just, let's not get too down. About one game, um, we I think we've got a manager the fans can believe in, and I think given time, he'll put a team together on the pitch that the fans can believe in. But it's a work in progress, still. Yeah, I think you you make a really good point there. We've got to continue backing John Askey, and also remember that it's it's one game. Um, you know, we've obviously been discussing before you came on. Um, onto this part of the podcast about, you know, Barnet last weekend and, and the general feeling amongst fans and things like that. And one thing that's come out on quite a few occasions is about the whole, yes, we've lost 3-2. Yes, we've got goal, two goals back, but did the two goals paper over the crap, yeah, the craps, the cracks for you, yeah. Mark? Uh, yeah, they did really. I mean, 3-2, three, three, if you didn't watch the game um, and you looked at the scoreline, you think, oh, that was a close game. But in reality, it wasn't really a close game. We got two goals back, but I would say some of that is down to Barnett um, taking the foot off the gas and you know just trying to coast the three 0 win, um, rather than you know us really putting them under any sort of sustained pressure. So it did, and I don't think it fooled John Askey. Um, it can try and stick a paper of the cracks, but I think when you hear his interview after the game, you know, it didn't fool him. Um, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't just the defending, though, as well. We we had the midfield didn't work, and I don't think those three together can work because there isn't amongst the three of them a natural, you know, player who can sense danger, who can put a tackle in. Um, two of those players you could carry on with, but without the lad from Mansfield, Wallace, even with him, I still think we lack a, a midfielder in there that can that can challenge even him if he's fully fit. 
we've got lots of players who are similar in the attacking sense of the game and wanting to go forward and create. But midfield really needs somebody in that midfield to um just to just to sense danger really and uh and stop the play stop the barnet attacks, you know, at source. Um but as I say, as I, I think unfortunately you know, Barnett, I don't think Barnett was the greatest team, but it was it, the National League. We know it's not all about who the who's got the best individual players; it's who's got the best group of you know the group best team. Mm. They don't have to be the best individuals. And Barnett did the job. Barnett did what what people told us they were going to do. They were yeah. very good in the air, very good set pieces. Um, and I just look at our defence, going back to it, and just think we still lack. A little bit of nous in there, you know. The money at the back, thought he was promising, but I still think we lack, even with him, a little bit more nous. Well, that leads on well to one of the questions. So we'll flip them round. But what changes would you make this Saturday? Does Enon Pruty, obviously one of our defenders, retain his starting position, or is is he dropped for a more experienced head? Well, the problem is I would drop him, but. He's left-footed, isn't he? And when I look at the options we've got, if you want to be naturally left-footed, other than Kieran Burton that we got from Scarborough, who was only 19, I don't think we've got anybody who can naturally play that comfortably. Because if you play Lacey there, he's right-footed. Um, and I don't know, I mean, you know, it might work, but I don't like to see that imbalance. Um, so that's that's an area where I'm, where I'm saying... We could do with another experienced head there because we could drop Prudy, but I think we would have a bit of an imbalance. Um, for what it's worth, you know, I was critical of our friend Ewan Murray, um, <laughs> but there's an, another guy that I'm willing to give a second chance to, and that's Alex Lacey, because I look at him and at least he has had two or three seasons of National League experience and he, he played for a good team in Notts County. So I'm prepared, and I'm sure the manager is, to give, once he's fully fit, to give him a shot in the team because he knows what the level's all about. But when Askey talks about imbalances in the team, I think that left-hand side of our back three, we don't have a lot of real competition for that central defensive slot. And I don't want to get in the back of Prudy because he knows he's another young lad. He had a bad game. He had a he had a really bad game, and I think the times he found a hard pull player was by pure luck mm-hmm. than by anything else. Because most of his balls forward were, were totally random. Um, but you know, I think that if if those sort of performances continue, it'll be hard, you know, for them not to be dropped. And I just hope that last season when they were playing regular hasn't hasn't done them any damage because, you know, he, he probably played more games than they imagined he would have done last season. Um, along with the uh the lads from Arsenal that we got, you know, they were thrown in the deep end really when ideally I don't think we would have used them as much. So that's an area I think we still need to improve. I completely agree with you in reference to Alex Lacey. I think for me he's someone who could actually play a big role this season. I think he's someone who has that experience, has that level head and I'm completely willing to give him a chance to see whether he can prove himself in that role. And for me, on a personal note, I feel much more convinced and comfortable when 
I have Alex Lacey there. And I know you may not agree with me, Mark, and many may not agree with me, but I certainly would have had Ewan Murray. Um, I think he would have given us a better option so far um, in terms of, you know, the recruitment or the lack of recruitment in that type of role, as you've just touched on there. I think he would have perhaps given a chance, provided that solidity that we need. But look, he's gone and that's something that we have to move on from. And as you say, continue to back the individuals that we have at the club. Now, speaking of people and getting second chances, this individual has certainly divided opinion and probably more negative than positive. Well, I'm practically certain it's negative um, over the positives. Jake Hasty. Now, he managed to get on the score sheet on Saturday and... He managed to win a penalty um, and he won a penalty against Sunderland as well. Now, do you think that this can be a redemption season for him? Honestly, no, but I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't see with any pleasure. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't have much faith in him. But, you know, I would be the first person to be happy if you prove me wrong. Um, I haven't really been impressed with him in pre-season, to be honest. Saw all the pre-season games, and I really didn't see anything in pre-season that gave me much optimism. He scored, you know, he made a good impact when he came on against Barnett. He scored, and he blocked his cutting book in my eyes a little bit with the penalty, where he's not the he's not the designated penalty taker. He shouldn't have been nowhere near taking that penalty. You know, that's where more experienced players, you know, step in and say, you know, you won the penalty, fair enough, but. We have a we have somebody who takes these penalties, and it's not you. Um, so I hope he does. I hope he does well because he's out playing, and it doesn't seem that there's been a lot of interest in, you know, taking him off our hands. So as long as we're paying him, I hope that the chances he gets, um, he does something. But when I look at the setup, three five two. At this moment in time, unless Asky changes it, he's another player that he doesn't fit in the team, does he? Where does he, you know, unless you change, unless he's unless he's a, an impact player for the last sort of twenty minutes or whatever, and you change to a four-three-three, he certainly doesn't start many games the way we're playing. One question I do want to put to you, Mark: You've made the comment about the designated penalty taker, which I completely take on board, completely agree with to a certain extent, but how does that change? Let's say Jake Hasty has been one of our best players last season and, you know, he's gone, he's not the designated penalty taker, but he's won the penalty, he wants to take it. Would that change your mindset in terms of you don't have as much of an issue? I just wonder whether people, because of he's not had the best time at the club and because he hasn't been, at, you know, is performing at the level he probably could perform at, and I, I know you said you take no pleasure in, in saying these types of things, which I don't doubt for one minute. But, you know, I think a lot of people perhaps look for a kind of reason on occasions with not just Jake Hasty, but plenty mm. of players like you and Murray to say, well, you shouldn't have done that. But that's because of how he's been playing. Do you think your mindset would have changed if that makes sense? If he had been a positive um, player last season and you would have been happy with him taking that? Well, not not really, because I, I think literally what we're coming down to is somebody, before the game starts, somebody's a designated penalty taker. As far as we're aware, it, it was on Saturday's Josh Mera, mm. because when he was when he was, when he he was was being fit, he takes them. And last yeah. season, when he was out the team, we 
we obviously had Dan Kemp who took responsibility when Amara wasn't playing. But from my understanding, Amara is a penalty taker. So until Amara either misses a penalty and then somebody says, I'm going to take one from now on, or the manager decides to change it, it should literally be, that's, he's a penalty taker. Yeah. He takes a penalty. It doesn't matter who wins the penalty or whatever. That's just the way it is. Because if, if that game was 2-2, Jack, and he, and he takes a penalty off a mirror and misses it, then I'd imagine John Askey would have, would have not been too pleased at the end of the game to say, you know, there was there was a point at stake there and you've took the ball off the guy who's... I mean, Amara shouldn't have let him do it. David Ferguson shouldn't have let him take the penalty. The That's completely fair saying, enough. Yeah, I completely you know, understand that. You're not a penalty taker at this moment in time. It's him. If he misses, then somebody else can, you know, put the hand up and say, I'm going to take him in the future. So... If if it was somebody else, if it was Chris Ray who took the penalty or Tom Crawford, I'd have said they shouldn't have done it because they're not the penalty taker at that moment in time. Yeah, um, I completely get that, Mark. Yeah, that's that's sort of my that's not my standpoint. So it's nothing to do with like what I think about J.K. Stay. I mean, we've had we've had you know Nicky Featherston is a player who has been a man my player for sort of nine years, mm-hmm. and no matter what he's done, there's a lot of people who. Uh, you know, not 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 his biggest fan. You know, regardless of what he's done in nine years, and that's sort of that's people's mindset that made the mind up. You know, it's always interesting to hear. I mean, I'm not saying that you know, Hasty is completely right to take the penalty. It's just interesting to hear like the motives behind. You know, I completely and utterly understand what you're saying there in terms. Of if you have a designated penalty taker, he's a designated penalty taker for a reason, and you do just wonder with a few people whether, you know, they like to scapegoat. We've all been, you know, we've all been guilty of this in the past. We might not like a player and, you know, if they do something wrong, then it's kind of like, well, you know, we'll, we'll go for them a little bit and any excuse type thing. But now, Davo, you're going to kind of shift the focus now towards the upcoming weekend. We've obviously got a big, another big game for the lads. And uh, the next question revolves around that, doesn't it? It certainly does. So, Mark, how are you feeling headed into this weekend? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, well, so I'm, not, I'm not, after one defeat, I'm not down. I'm not downhearted or, or anything like that. I'm, I'm just hoping to see an obvious improvement on Saturday against Gifford. So what we saw against Sunderland is, regardless of the result against Sunderland, at the time it's the, the manner in which we played, that intensity, which we played at um, and the football that we played at that we didn't show in the previous game against Barrett. So 
I want to see it. I want to see us playing that style where we're where we're in, the intensity's there from the from the off, and we're a front foot team, and we don't we don't play backwards. We play forwards, and if a ball has to go forward quicker, then it's fine. We play we play it in the opposition half. So I'm I'm hoping to see an improvement. Obviously, it's time to put your neck on the line, Mark. Can we ask you for your prediction, please, for this Saturday's clash against Gateshead? Um, I'm going to go for two one, go for two one win. The Bills. Who's going? Um, to... I think I think Manny D will get his uh, get his get himself off the mark. Love that, and I'd be uh, more than more than content with us bouncing back with a two one win. Well, Mark, it's been fantastic as ever to hear your thoughts and get you back on the podcast, and we look forward to welcoming you on to give your expert insight throughout the season. So. Once again, Mark, many thanks for coming on. Thanks. Thanks for asking me on. Thank you. Well, following on from Mark and, and the various things we discussed, one of which was whether Jake Hasty should have stepped up to take that penalty on Saturday. Let's just start there, Davo. What were your thoughts on that whole situation? I mean... Jake he has felt in that moment that he had the confidence to pick the ball and he thought he was going to score. And fair play to him, do you know what I mean? I think out of anyone on the team, it's him who needs to be scoring, it's him who needs to be contributing to, you know, he's got something to prove essentially. So I can quite understand his willingness, his desire to say to Josh, look, give me this opportunity. I mean, I wasn't there. I wasn't on the pitch. I don't know what kind of conversation unfolded between the two of them. Unfortunately, he's missed. It's a part of football. But it's difficult because you know other players who want to take it as well. It's it's a tricky one to navigate. I mean, for me, I don't really see what the issue is. I mean, had he scored, you wouldn't be complaining because he's missed it. Oh, hasty! You know, it's do you know what I mean? It's 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 very. That's what yeah. That's what I was trying to say with Mark. I mean, look. I get, I completely agree with Matt 100% on the fact that if you have a designated penalty taker, they're a designated penalty taker for a reason. And I understand why he didn't take, you know, why he's, not why he's not the penalty taker, but I understand why there's that kind of school of thought that if you're not the designated penalty taker, what are you doing? Um, Taking it off him. But I, I'm in complete alignment with yourself and, and it was kind of something I was trying to get across perhaps a little bit subtly though to Mark in terms of at the end of the day people try to scapegoat players for certain things so it's easy to say as you've just said there well Jay Casey's missed the penalty and that's why people are like oh you know if he'd scored it, it wouldn't be an issue and for me I really hope, as Kenny has said, that his confidence isn't knocked by that because I really want him to succeed. He plays for us. He plays for our football club. And and you'd be wrong not to want a player to, to do well for your football club, wouldn't you? And for me, he took his goal really well, the first one. Um, and then, obviously, he's taken that penalty. He's won the penalty. He's stepped up. And I don't think it's the worst penalty. Looking at the highlights, I don't think it's the worst one I've ever seen. He's on target, at least. And I think he's hit it with a decent amount of pace. I, I don't think it's a shocking penalty. Um, it's better than, you know, blasting it over. And I know people will go, well, he still missed it, Jack. But what I'm trying to say is, 
he's had the guts to step up, take it. And also, you know, it's it, it's not the worst penalty I've ever seen. It's a pretty good effort, I'd say. And I know that doesn't count for much. And Umar has had to follow it in. And it wasn't a straightforward follow-up, was it, either? He's had to, you know, the ball's eventually found its way to him and he's taken it really well. But I agree. I, I don't see the massive issue um, issue with it like some people do, but everyone's entitled to their own opinions. But that leads us on to kind of discussing him in more general terms. I've already said my piece. I really hope he succeeds this season. I really hope that he can contribute and win fans over. Davo, is this do or die for Jake Hastie this season? Yeah, absolutely, pal. It is. If it's going to be another disappointing season for him, then and I mean this in the most respectful way I don't expect to see him beyond the sea um, but like you say I want him to do well, we all want him to do you know I think deep within there is a good footballer in there you know clubs like Rangers you know big club they don't pursue someone like him if they didn't see potential there and I think at the moment with JK you've got someone who's probably massively low on confidence he didn't really get much game time last season after the, after the departure of Hartley I think maybe with regular game time if he could go on with the goal whether that's you know goals and assists you want to see him contributing in both regards then hopefully who knows you might start to see a lot more from him the only issue I have got is if you are playing two up top then where exactly does Jake Hasty fit in this team again that's down to the gaffer that's why he's there but for it is. It is very much do or die. Complete agreement, mate. And there's not nothing to really add there. It leads on to the whole conversation about lineups, and and of course we've got the game on Saturday, which you will as accustomed to now. You'll bring the preview for us. Um, we are hoping that in the future we will have someone who writes previews for us. We've got that in the pipeline, so fingers crossed that'll work out. But. Saturday is a you know time to make a statement, and it, it's as uh, Robbie's latest column was penned with the title of you know it's all about an opportunity for redemption, not a time for drastic change. And where do you see changes being made on Saturday? For me personally, they could make a few. Edon Pruty is dropped, um, in my opinion, without a doubt. Um, so I think he goes probably for Lacey. Then we've got the midfield. I'm not being funny. I think there needs to be a change in that midfield for someone who can play that holding role because we look lost without a holding uh, midfielder. So you've got to look at potentially Matty Dolan comes into the side. Of course, a question for who. I mean, it's not going to be Cookie or... Um, Mancini, is it? You, you very much doubt that as two of our most influential attacking midfielders. So, you'd, you know, if you're making that change, I'd bring in Matty Dolan for Tom Crawford. And then up top, I would get rid of um, Chris and bring in Manny. And that, that's nothing against Chris at all. Um, I just think Manny's someone who's going to contribute a lot for, the, for us this season. So those would be my three changes. I wouldn't change the keeper. I know we've had this discussion in the group chat. Of course, you know, there are a few reasons 
that you may potentially make a change. I don't think he looked dreadfully confident, um, or extremely confident, I should say, um, Joel Dixon. But again, you stick with him. You don't you don't just drop that. It ruins his confidence. And um, and for me, there's no major reason to drop him um, for Jameson. But Davo, would you agree with those changes? Would you agree with some of them? Where would you sit with the whole um, department for change ahead of Saturday? Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with you there, Paul. Um, defensively, we look vulnerable. Um Dan Dodds, for me, not a right centre-back. I think if you're going to play Dan Dodds, it has to be in that wing-back, full-back role. I mean, it's difficult, obviously, because he has brought in Charlie Seaman, who seemingly has made a bit of a positive on the pulley. So that would be certainly one area I would look at, the, the back four, the back five. The midfield, for me, massively off balance. It isn't going to win you games at all. Like you say, it's going to be very tough because Callum Cook is probably one of the first names on the team sheet. Mancini, again, is essential. You know, he can cause problems in the final third. So it's very difficult for John Askey to determine who would come out with that midfield three. And like you say, finally, I think Manny D has to come back in for rear. Um, I think him and Yumeira, like I said in pre-season, I think could be a bit of a dangerous ship. And I think it could be uh, very rewardful for Paul. So I would make no more than three. Um, at this time, but what happens at two o'clock on Saturday, I think is going to be very, very interesting, especially after the comments made with certain people's mentalities. Almost as interesting as the creation of a new word from yourself there, Davo, with rewardful, also known in the English language as rewarding. Um, But in terms of the defence, I know you said about changes, midfield, sorry, changes there. You'd agree, would you, that you would drop Crofts and bring in Matty Dolan or will you not commit to that because you don't offend him? No, no, like I said, it's, I'm not saying one person in particular has to come out. Someone has to, because like I say, I think at the moment it is massively off balance, but whoever comes out, it's going to be tough because you've got three lads in that midfield who all want to play, who all have Earl's best interests at heart. So at this moment in time, I'm not going to call on a certain individual, but like I say, it will be interesting to see what happened on two o'clock on Saturday. Most important thing is that we get behind the lads. Whatever players are picked by John Askey, John Askey sees them as those who can influence the game. And, you know, if John Askey believes in a certain lineup, then we have to, you know, go off that because he's seen stuff in training, he'll have seen you know, the, the attitude and, and the change perhaps in attitude of a few individuals after the comments made on Saturday and fingers crossed, whichever team comes out for us on Saturday will indeed have a positive impact. That all very nicely leads us in to the preview, which will be delivered to us by my very good friend of high excellence, Mr. Adam Davison. <laughs> oh, cheers, miss. <laughs> After a disappointing start to the National League campaign, John Askey and his pole side will be looking to bounce back against Northeast neighbours Gateshead. The Heid, who are managed by ex Newcastle United defender Mike Williamson, finished last season in 14 on 59 points. As well as that, they also managed to go all the way to the 2023 FA Trophy final, in which they narrowly lost 1 0 
to Halifax Town. The club's top goal season was former Poli Adam Campbell, who scored 13 goals for the Tynesiders. The last time we met was New Year's Day 2018, where the game ended in a two-all draw with a brace of, for all people, Hull's defender Keith Watson. I remember that game, and I remember that player. Will always go down in the books of Hartlepool United. Keith Watson, my centre half. I'm only joking. He, I did actually rate him though. In all seriousness, joking aside, I actually thought he was quite a decent player. And it was good to see him playing. I think he was in one of the Scottish games on Teddy the other week. Um, but yeah. Anyway, swiftly moving on. We do like to have the feature of an on this day fixture and the twelfth of August which, of course, will be the date of our fixture on Saturday, found us back in 2008 hosting Scunthorpe United in the Carling Cup first round. Sounds so much better and more classier, doesn't it, than the Carabao Cup. But anyway, um, attendance was 2,076 that were in the Vic to see Pools run out 3-0 winners. Dow, I think you've got the lineups available, have you not, that you can just quickly run us through and we'll uh, have a, a nice trip down memory lane. This is it, mate. So in goal, we Aaron Lee Barris, a defence of Sam Collins, Matt Nelson, Gary Little and Richie Humphreys. Alan Power, Anthony Sweeney, James Brown, David Foley and the Australian legend himself, God's number nine, Joel Porter, who also scored on the night, as well as Dick Foley and James Brown. That is such an elite lineup. that. I mean, you talk about some of the best Pools players that have ever graced the turf in the blue and white. I mean, you look at Richie Humphreys, you look at Tony Sweeney, you look at Joel Porter, just as three examples. I mean, James Brown as well. You could go on. It's just Gary Little. I'm going to stop because I'll just keep practically naming them all at this rate. But um, honestly, you look back, don't you? And, and it is good to look back and, and see, you know, and compare the players that play for us now to the, well, perhaps it's not a good thing to compare what we have now to uh, what we used to have. But you get the gist. It's nice to have a look back at, you know, at, at those types of, of games. And there's only one way to finish this episode of the podcast and, Davo, I can't take the introduction of it off you. You you have to introduce this section every single time. It's your thing. It's your part of the podcast, without a doubt. So um, take it away, mate. Well, I think it goes without saying, the listeners at home, the time it is, is, of course, time for predictions. Ahead of Saturday's derby game, essentially. It's not even essentially, it is a derby. It is gated at home. I mean, Jack, how are you feeling? What are you feeling going into Saturday? Well, I'll answer the what am I feeling. I'm feeling mixed emotions, really. I think it'll be nice to be back, you know, back at home and seeing people that, you know, you, you see everywhere following the lads and you've seen in the same places for a very long time. And, and it would be great to bump into people. There's always that positive. It isn't that the first home game of the season. Everyone's like, happy new season, happy new season. Yeah, we'll all enjoy it until about three o'clock and then that usually changes. But I started last week's episode with a really positive, what's the word, aura, I don't know. But I was positive, let's just say that. And I don't want to be Mr Negative after one game because A, there's no need. B, 
I just think that one game, as I've said, doesn't define things. And and I don't think that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's going to be such a long season and like just not looking forward to it. I think I want to remain positive and I, I want to say that Puzzle kind of <laughs> redeem themselves. I don't want to be dramatic, but it is because we, we really let up. We let people down on Saturday, didn't we? So I'm going to go with a Pulse win. It's going to be narrow. You know, they, they got, I think they got a point, did the Gateshead um, last week on Saturday? I think they got a point. I know they were they were leading. I think they were tuning up, actually. Um, but anyway, I'm going to say Pulse are going to win. It's going to be a good Saturday at the home of football. And it's going to be Hardly United 2. Gates said one with a goal for Manny D. I'm not going to commit to anyone else because... No, actually, I am. The two front men, Manny D, Josh Umre. There you are, 2-1 pose. See you at the Vic. Three points. Nice. Well, you've heard it there, listeners. You've heard it there. <laughs> <laughs> no, on a serious note, I do love the spin. And I must say as well, big shout out to everyone, 500 plus who went down to Barnet last Saturday. Ridiculous. Class. Unbelievable. Absolutely second to none. Whether you travel from Hartlepool or from wherever you travel from, fair play to you. Well, exactly. We don't discriminate. Poolies from everywhere can go. You don't just have to be from the town. And I'm not from the town. Moving on to my prediction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you know what? How it feel? I want to say, the key word is reaction. I do want to say the no, I, I want to see the players react, you know what I mean? We've got to learn from last Saturday. It's going to be a tough game, like you say. They've got a good result against Borland. Um We're at home. Hopefully, a good, hostile atmosphere inside the South Direct. Come 8 o'clock, behind the boys for a minute one. Hopefully, we can be the extra man. I'm going to go 2-0 pulls. We're going to kickstart our home campaign with a clean sheet. Goals. I'd like them from you, Mera. Maybe... I'm gonna say Cheney. Nice, take it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Cheney, and we're gonna kickstart ourselves, and it's gonna be the big, big, huge confidence boost that we need. Exactly, Henning Maiden Ed, which will be on a Tuesday night. It is a quick turnaround. Well, they come thick and fast, don't they? Games at pools um, in the national league. So yeah. I'm sure you will be leading that hostile atmosphere as ever, Davo. We all know what a hostile character you can be when you're really up for it. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I don't know what's happened to us. Towards the end of this podcast, we seem to have um, gone a little bit, well, I don't know, perhaps too positive, but we'd rather be positive than negative and we can't get criticised for that. So let's wrap the episode up there. It's been an enjoyable one despite the result. Um, last week it's been nice to you know keep pulling the content out and obviously bringing Mark back on the podcast someone who we all know very well we love to hear his thoughts I'm sure that's echoed around the Pulse fan base and yeah let's just hope for a change in in mindset for you of the players and a complete shift in performance and just into them from the off you know fully fully you know no prisoners take them if it takes a massive tackle hit your man early on and, you know, just get everyone riled up for it because we'll react round the pitch 
and it's just left to the players to do their bit. I think, uh, you know, I said we're wrapping this episode up, Dabo, but I honestly believe that I think it would be brilliant if the club got a fan in on home match days to kind of say something to the lads, just, you know, to give their view or perhaps whether it's a player, a player, an ex, well, it could be an ex player. It could be a fan who's been going for years, could be a young fan who just wants to give a message. You know, I think it'd be a brilliant initiative. And if anyone at the club's listening, please take it on board. What do you think? You've said this before, haven't you? You've said this before, haven't you? Yeah, I think I just think it'd be good. I, you know, it might not be possible and it might be something that's completely unrealistic, but I kind of think that perhaps even if it's not every home game, but on occasion getting someone into the dressing room that's a fan and kind of putting their view across and kind of getting the lads ready for the game, I, I think it'd be a brilliant touch. Well, I could, I'm going to be brutally honest. I can quite imagine you your point across. I can quite imagine Mark Carroll put his point across in the dressing room five to three, so... You're Honestly, not. You're not innocent in this. You would fully be behind that as well. I think it's different. This it, it would be very, very different. You know, to to get in there, just give a little bit of a pep talk and and whatnot. But for me, the way I see it, is need no motivation. You know, yeah. Especially some of the players who have been for the last couple of years, especially like a David Ferguson, a Tom Crawford, for example. You know, they know what this club means to us, to the town, to the community. So. Anyway, me, we'll wrap the episode there. We'll, let's, we're going to go on forever, aren't we? So. I want to take a mo- I want to take a moment of reflection. Actually, you've just said something there a couple of sentences ago about good content. I mean, how good was it to record Key in our last episode? I mean, we were buzzing when we after we got that episode done. Do you want to reflect? And I just want to mention it before we wrap up. I, thought, I just thought for us, we were buzzing. We. We were. We were absolutely over the moon. I love how reflective you are, Davo. I'm not being funny, though. All joking aside, it was such a privilege to record with him. I mean, we've both said it on our personal Twitter accounts. It was... (sighs) It's weird to try and describe it when you haven't been there in terms of, you know, recording with a player or whatever. And it's kind of... I know you won't mind admitting this as well, Davo. It can be... You know, when you're recording with a player of the team that you support and stuff, it, it can be quite a, not daunting, but, you know, you want to make a good impression. You want to come across really well and make sure the type of things you're asking are good. And straight away, he just put us at ease, didn't he? And he, and he kind of said, you know, just straight off the bat, thanks for having me on. Like, I really appreciate it. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to doing this. And he was just such a class act. I mean, he had good crack and we had a good laugh and he was open, he was honest and he didn't shy away from any of the questions we asked him. And I think that's, um, you know, any, everything you could ask for in a guest. And especially when you're doing these features with players. And I know we both feel extremely fortunate to have done that. And if you haven't listened to it, I mean, first of all, why haven't you listened? But second of all, um, go and check it out because... You know, he gave some really good answers and, and, you know, I'm sure fans will have a good laugh listening. I know a few people have said they've listened a couple of times as well. So, yeah, if you haven't listened to it, go and give it a listen. If you haven't listened to some of our other content this this season, you know, go and give that a listen as well because we love doing it and we love bringing this type of thing to you. And, um, and yeah, I don't want to take away from your moment of reflection, but that's my reflection, Davo. No, I just mentioned there just before we wrap up. I thought, you know, it went really well. You know, it's, it's like I said, it's why we work so hard at what we do. You know, the opportunities to talk players past or present, they don't come often. So when they do come, we're going to make the most of it. And, you know, it's not something we take for granted. And 
we do what we do so you get home can listen to the best content from the best Hartley podcast in the world. Oh, exactly. Simple as that. No, you're not wrong. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone who continues to support us. I know we're closing in on 1.3k followers on Twitter as well. And we've obviously relaunched HFC Chat Media. Go and check out. We've got Robbie Stone who's joined us as our kind of chief writer. And uh, well, there's no kind of about it. He's our chief writer. And we've got a few other contributors and the brilliant piece that we've released with him. Um, and he'll have his Friday column. So by the time you're listening to this, his Friday column will be out, which he'll be bringing to you regularly. So we just want to keep providing for you listeners, and we really appreciate all the support throughout the journey. So without further ado, keep the faith, back the boys, and never say die. We will indeed see you in the next episode. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.